Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Check out our podcast at endowed.org. You can also find us on iTunes. We're bringing you news, information, and discussion about wildlife, boating, and outdoor recreation across Nevada. I'm your host, Edwin Lingar. In December, Endow discovered a headless moose 20 miles southeast of Jarbage. Many people might be unaware of the growing moose population in Nevada and the fact that they are protected game animals. Here to talk all about the poaching and moose in general are Chief Game Warden Tyler Turnipseed, Biologist Cody McKee, and Ashley Sanchez, friend of the show. Welcome to the show, all three of you. Good to be here. Hey, thanks, thanks Ed. Ed. Appreciate you having us. So, uh, Tyler, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with this poaching before we get to the moose population with Cody. Can you give us the, the overview of what happened here? You found this moose. It, it had obviously been poached. Absolutely, Ed. We've, uh, as Cody's going to speak to, we've got a, a small but growing moose population in Nevada. And, and uh, the last couple of years, we've had some incidents with those moose uh, getting shot. But in in the prior incident, um, callers called in and said, hey, this uh, I accidentally shot this moose. Um, and it was a self-reported issue that we were able to handle fairly fairly straightforward this year's case um we had a hunter call in and report finding a dead moose uh, and it had been butchered you know quartered the meat taken from it and the head cut off of it um with the head cut off we're assuming it's a a bull um of course we can easily verify that with some dna and stuff but but yeah certainly appears that somebody shot it intentionally or at least uh you know didn't report it when after they shot it and and took what they wanted from it you know, uh, I know in previous years uh, you've done some work reaching out to hunters to say, hey, there's moose. Don't mistake them, for instance, for a uh, you know, cow elk if you're shooting a moose with no antlers. You could conceivably see how somebody could mix those up. Is Ex- that fair? Exactly. And, you know, we always try to remind hunters to be sure of your target. Um, and in this case, you know, it, it seems a little shocking that somebody could make that mistake because moose are so big and so much different colored and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's in an area in northeast Nevada, the Jarbidge Mountains, uh, that have a ton of elk, and, and uh, we've got a lot of elk hunters up in that country, and and uh, so along those lines, we're hoping that somebody has seen something. There was an elk hunt going on at the time, and we're hoping that somebody might have some information out there that can help us. So uh, we're we're sure this time this is a poaching. I mean, they removed the head and the meat. At some point, they would have realized they were not quartering out an elk. Exactly. Whether it was intentional or accidental, certainly they would have realized when they walked up to it. You know, moose are big animals, especially if it was a bull, um, look nothing like elk, and certainly their antlers look nothing like elk antlers. Right. And, uh, you know, even if somebody makes a mistake and they call. So let's let's go back to this. So let's eliminate all the mistakes first. If somebody does accidentally shoot a moose, uh, you know, you, you would go and seize the meat, and of course they can't have it. Uh, but this is a totally different crime than this sort of deliberate taking of the elk meat. Is that fair? Oh, excuse me, of the moose meat. Exactly. We would want to differentiate from, from uh, you know, an honest hunter who makes a mistake. That's different than somebody who does this intentionally or, or tries to get away with it. Uh, nobody called to self-report shooting it, so uh, therefore, you know, it, it can be assumed that it was either intentional or at least they intentionally tried to get away with it. Right. I mean, even if they accidentally shot it after the fact, they thought they could still take the meat. And uh, since we have a biologist in here, Cody, uh, no chance people are going to mistake a moose for a, an elk. I mean, what what a moose? Can you give us 
what do these things look like? How how different are they from other animals? Can you give us a little bit of that? Boy, I uh, <clears throat> I'll see if I can answer that a little bit. I think I happen to draw the short straw today in the hallway, so <laughs> hopefully you've got someone that can give you some some reliable information. Uh, moose are are definitely a very different animal than what we're used to seeing in Nevada. Um, very, and we and we don't hunt them here. We do not hunt them. No, they're in fact. The uh, the existence of moose in the state and their expansion in the state is a pretty recent thing. It's It's been really the last um, probably four or five years where there's been enough of them that we're getting reports from hunters and people in the field that have seen them, and they're, they're putting pictures on social media, their Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. It feels like to me this happened overnight. Like 10 years ago we had no moose, and now we've got a whole bunch. Is that fair? Is that just my impression? Well, I think <clears> – <throat> On one hand, I think we're seeing some natural recolonization or an expansion into the state. On the other, you know, we have tools in, in everybody's hands now where they're they're able to take pictures and, and uh, reports of moose are becoming a lot more frequent just because of the technology that we have available to us. And um, right, so it's it's hard to say if it's if it's entirely because the the herd has grown so much or if it's a combination of both expansion into the state as well as people's ability to report those observations you know we're gonna we're gonna come back to this and get into more detail because i'm fascinated by the fact that this is a new thing that we're facing and and all the repercussions that brings but tyler i want to go back to this poaching because uh people are outraged as they often are when when an animal is poached people get so angry about it exactly ed and and uh one of the things that ashley does for us here is is some of our social media outreach and and uh if you watch some of the posts about it on social media, people are absolutely a livid about this people one. People have had strong reactions to it, and then the fact that it's a moose on top of that just makes people even more angry. Because, like we were saying, a lot of people don't realize that we even have moose here. Right, right. And you 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 monitor so for Endow, uh, Ashley. You monitor social media. Right. People are really reaching out. And have you gotten any tips through social media, or do you not want to say? We really haven't yet. It's more people reacting to it. But we would love if people did send us tips. And uh, you know, we've got so many ways people can contact Endow now. They can go to Facebook or Twitter. It's or, so easy just to send us a quick message on Facebook. We and we we try to monitor it as much as we can. So send us a message that way and we'll we'll definitely see it now now those when someone reports wildlife crime do they remain anonymous tyler they can cody and that's uh one thing we always try to remind people there's there's of course the old-fashioned way to report stuff operation game thief is our hotline it's 1-800-992-3030 uh certainly that that method is just as good as ever Um, we've got dispatchers who answer that line at least from 6 a.m to 11 p.m outside of those hours you can leave a message but uh yeah Callers can remain anonymous. Um, there's reward money offered. We can talk about that maybe in the second segment. But well, I'd like I'd like to talk about it now. Can you talk? I mean, so uh, let's keep going on this vein. If people are outraged, and you uh, you guys generated a heck of a reward for this in very little time, didn't you? Yeah, there's some big money out there in this reward. Uh, as a department, our Operation Game Thief program uh, started out with a thousand dollars, and then uh, I got a sportsman in Las Vegas, Jalindo Taberti, and his family wanted to step up and contribute to it to try to. Try to lure somebody, uh, you know, out of the shadows on this one, and and contributed a chunk of money, and uh, that was then matched with uh, the fraternity of the Desert Bighorn and uh, Nevada Bighorns Unlimited, and collectively ended up with a ten thousand dollar reward. Uh, I've even had since then had other sportsmen's groups call up and ask if they could contribute it as well. So, um, so yeah, it, it comes back to the fact that sportsmen are just outraged by this, whether 
regardless of how the moose got here or how many of them there are, there it's the fact remains that it's a tiny little population. Probably safe to say, Cody, that it's, it's clearly less than less than fifty animals in the whole state. So when one of them's poached, it's a it's a big deal. Right, and this is a new animal, and people are intrigued, and they probably want to see it. So somebody goes and takes one out, that's even more upsetting. It's not like there are thousands of these. These are very rare in our state. And, uh, you know, you, you talked about this. I want to go back to this, uh, the people who are giving, because uh, we see this all the time in poaching cases, where the people that really put their money where their mouth is are these uh, fraternal organizations, these groups of sportsmen. Uh, you're seeing they are more active than ever trying to help you stop this kind of crime, aren't they? Exactly. And we're very fortunate in Nevada that uh, our our people uh, love Nevada's wildlife, and we've got sportsmen's groups who are very supportive of who we are and what we do. So when we have an incident like this, it's not uncommon for people to step up and, and uh, really, you know, some huge benevolence among sportsmen's groups and, and uh, ties back into that outrage. When you read the posts on Facebook in response to this article about the poached moose, uh, people are infuriated, and uh, they're stepping up with their pocketbooks. Right. That That is a really unusual uh, experience in law enforcement to have the entire community behind you. you got to feel good about that. Exactly. You know, in in this industry, we generate controversy with uh, with some of the things that happen in the wildlife world. But, but virtually, you know, universally, all those groups uh, come out against poaching. You know, there, there's nobody who uh, wants to protect... Um, poachers really so i i don't know you know i think uh, over the past few years it's gotten even more unified behind this is my my feeling like uh you know 10 15 20 years ago people might not have taken poaching as serious but now you have uh hundreds of people that are watching this and they get upset by it and do you think that has an effect of reducing poaching to have a community that's so aware of it and watching out for it Absolutely, Ed. And like I said, we're we're fortunate in Nevada that uh, I think Nevadans buy in a little bit better than some other states to our wildlife and our and our issues that our wildlife faces. Um, but yeah, I think you know we're a culture who's more aware of the outdoors and more aware of, of wildlife issues and environmental issues. And and I appreciate that. You know, some of the some of the uh, cultural changes over the last couple decades, I think, work in our favor for wildlife conservation. And uh, you're saying this too, Ashley, because you're moderating all these comments on Facebook. This has been a big story this year, hasn't it? It for the has. Department? I mean, it's one of our most popular posts, people sharing it just to get the word out there. Right, and uh, probably kind of take you to, you, you're probably seeing, you're seeing regular sportsmen, not necessarily like the people who Tyler works with, but uh, regular everyday people who are hunters and who are not hunters. It's I the was going to say, not even Talk about hunters, it. yeah. it's everyone. And uh, non-hunters are really just as outraged by this. Yeah, as and especially like I said, some people are saying they had to do a double take when they saw the article and that it was located in Nevada. Right. Well, so the idea that we even have moose. So some for some people, this is the first time they'll even realize we have moose. In yeah, they get ex- they have the initial surprise and they're excited that there's a moose in Nevada, but then the content. In the All right. And then their first that. news is, hey, we have moose. Yeah, Somebody just exactly. shot one. Like, So oh. you can see why people are so upset. Right. People get fired up. And uh, so we're going to, Cody, we want to go back to this idea of the moose coming in. And you started talking about why they're here. There's a lot of rumor. Can we, can we talk about the rumor? And we let, we don't need to repeat it, but let me say uh, people speculate. And this is where Ashley's all your Facebook people. Mm-hmm. Why are the moose coming here? Is it the chemtrails? There are zombies chasing them. There's many, many reasons people attribute the moose. And you want to debunk any of those? I don't know. I think Nevada is just such a nice state. It's kind of like <laughs> why I moved to Nevada myself. But I uh, said they came here to gamble before in the hallway. But fair you enough. Said it's that nice and true. sunny. What is it? Over three hundred days of sun a year. <laughs> uh, That's right. No, you know, and I think 
I think we can we can say what some of these rumors are, and uh, you know, very common misconception is that wolves in in Idaho are pushing moose into Nevada, and uh, I'd like to debunk that right now. That's just absolutely not true. Uh, what we know about moose is that they have essentially they they they've grown very well in in southern Idaho, especially around uh, Twin Falls, south of Twin Falls, and their herd is just naturally expanding into the state. We have some isolated areas of of quality moose habitat and that's that's what these guys are finding um so the moose are coming in and they're finding a habitat with no uh competition from moose living there already right right why not move in it's It's, like finding an empty house it is it's an unoccupied habitat and, and, and it's something that you see fairly fairly regularly in the animal kingdom young animals start to expand to the outside of their their family's territory and start taking up residence and and that's what we're seeing in northern nevada right now All right. Well, uh, you know, we're up to our first break. Uh, We want to hear all about moose when we come back, and we'll talk about why they're fleeing Idaho. Not the worst move. More right after this. If you enjoy Nevada Wild, feel free to leave us a positive review at iTunes. If you don't enjoy the show, we'd prefer you kept that to yourself. To learn more about hunting, angling, boating safety, and the great outdoors, check us out at ndow.org. And now, back to the show. And we're back with Chief Game Warden Tyler Turnipseed, biologist Cody McKee, and Ashley Sanchez, friend of the show. And we're talking all about uh, the recent moose poaching uh, that happened in Jarbage in northeastern Nevada. And I want to come right back to Tyler, if you don't mind. And I understand there's a lot of things you can't talk about, but everybody's curious. Have you got any leads on this investigation? Yes and no, Ed. We've gotten some leads um, and and a lot of earnest callers who were calling wanting to help us out with the investigation. But uh, I can't really say that any of them have been the smoking gun yet. Uh, we're still looking for that call. And, and uh, we've gotten a few tidbits of information, but... But uh, we'd certainly like to talk to anybody who, you know, who might have been out there around that time. Like I said, we had an elk hunt going. There were a lot of cow elk hunters who may have been in the area. There's a lot of people from southern Idaho who passed through that area, you know, the Twin Falls area, even the right. Boise area, um, who may have been in that in that piece of country during that time. So uh, if anybody saw anything, we'd love to hear from them, even if it was just a, a vehicle in that area. Um, that, as we said in the press release earlier, this, this moose was found... Um, in the o- the area of the O'Neill Basin Road, uh, where the Sun Creek Road takes off of the O'Neill Basin Road. So I guess uh, loosely you could say near the intersection of Sun Creek and O'Neill Basin. But uh, if anybody was in that in that zip code around Christmas time and saw something suspicious, we'd love to hear from them. And there were elk hunts going on, so people should have been there. You it, it, you would expect to have people running around that area. Exactly. There are certain times of the year when, when some of these areas don't see a lot of human traffic, but... Uh, that time of year, there definitely were people out and about, uh, you know, on that on that late cow elk hunt. You know, before we get any further, uh, I think it's important to note uh, that we do not have a hunt for these animals, and that uh, even though they have not existed really before the last five years or whatever, they're still protected. Can you tell us about that? So, you know, just because an animal is not established here, if you know something wanders in here, it's still a protected animal. Certainly, yeah, we don't have an open season on them. You know, they're a big game mammal, but uh, but not one that we issue tags for at this point. Um, so, yeah, they're protected, and, and uh, we would we would aggressively pursue someone who, who did something like this. 
Right. Okay. Well, that's very good. And Cody, let's let's get back to what you were talking about. Uh, these animals, moose, are coming in from Idaho, and you say they're not coming to gamble, uh, but they're also not running from wolves. Did you want to qualify that at all? Yeah, I might throw in a little qualifier there. I, I think I came across a little bit stern, but um, the well, reason, that's all right. The reason that, that we like I, a man who's willing to take a stand, Cody. Fair enough. Uh, the reason that that I say that is because Southern Idaho, right now, in the area where these moose are, are coming into Nevada does not have uh, active and established wolf packs. And so uh, we, we essentially understand that there's probably something else going on about the ecology of moose that's bringing them into Nevada. And, and again, it's just a, some open habitat. They're moving around, they're checking things out and they're, they're finding small, small places where they can make a living here. And, and, you know, you mentioned we have observations going back the last five or ten years, but we have observations going back into the nineties of moose in the state. So do we go? Well, why don't you correct me on that, Cody? So we have seen these occasional stragglers, and and I know that I've heard this before, but this feels different to me. And I want you to, you know, if if I'm making too much out of it, but you know, we they're saying between thirty and fifty animals. Is that your estimate? Absolutely. Um, you know, we we don't formally conduct population surveys, but we know that observations of moose are in for, in, increasing over time. Uh, we're seeing more animals on our aerial surveys. Uh, we're also documenting recruitment. So a lot of these cow moose are starting to have calves. And, and at that point, that's when we start to think, all right, well, if they're going to have a, cow, a calf here in Nevada, there's a good chance that they're, they're probably going to be sticking around. They found something about the area that they really like, and they're going to make that their permanent home range. So, uh, so that, that in itself, compared to what we've seen over the last couple decades, tells us that they're starting to establish themselves more in the state and are likely going to be making it more of a permanent home. Tyler, you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that's a great point that Cody just made. Some of the Most of the sightings from the 90s and then even into the 2000s were usually young bulls, and, and I think Cody would, would correct me if I'm wrong, but probably young bulls who have split off from their family's home range and, and are seeking new territory. Obviously, if it's just young bulls, that doesn't do much for a population. They, bulls don't make calves. But uh, more recently, the the change you're referring to in the last four or five years, I think, is that we've had some cow moose showing up, and of course, you put bull moose and cow moose together, and we start getting calf moose and, and baby uh, mice, exactly, meese. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, that's something we've been really excited about is that this little population was starting to uh, expand like that, and so um, that's why it, why it really hits home when when we find one dead like this. Are we doing anything habitat wise that you know of, Cody? And I don't want to put you on the spot, but. Uh, uh, to make the habitat more welcoming to moose, or is this their natural? Is it is the climate change a factor? I mean, there's so many factors, right? How, how do you nail it down? There, there really is a lot going on, and and to to nail it down without having done a detailed project to really say that that this is why moose are coming to the state is hard to say. But you know, we do have some areas that are riparian, moose-like riparian riparian regions with. Uh, willows and there's places in northeast Nevada that house those types of habitats and those are the places where we're starting to find them um, they they can be caught kind of transitioning from from one area to the next and in, in open sagebrush areas but in general they are finding those little pockets of moose habitat to really to really start to manage that we haven't we haven't as an agency gotten to the point where we're going to be investing dollars into into Bringing moose, moose here, habitat right? Setting up a moose, you know, movie theater, whatever it takes right. to get them there, right? They right. like their. And you know what? 
personally, from what I've seen, I mean, I think we can all be really happy with what we've seen over the last few years. The population appears to be growing and expanding, and, and it may not be that long before we have a, lo- a sizable enough population where the department could potentially consider the the addition of, of a limited entry moose tags. Wow. Wow. So that's what I was getting at, because I know a lot of hunters listen to this show, and they're thinking, uh, you know, when can I legally hunt these animals? And are you getting that question a lot? You know, it's. I think it's been on a lot of people's minds, and and to say, we really can't say right now when that time will be. But I think if the herd itself continues on the the trajectory that we're seeing, it will be something that we see in the future. Are you seeing excitement about this, Ashley? I mean, you know, being the social media manager for here, uh, people asking you about it, and there's a lot of people from other places who are. Well, I think the issue here is that the post we made about moose the. From this post, people learn that there are moose in Nevada, but the post itself is so upsetting that people aren't really showing excitement as much as just as, anger. as outrage yeah. and anger. Well, that's good, and that brings us back to Tyler because I guess my question for you would be: uh, What are you going to do to protect this fledgling population, this nascent group of uh, animals coming in? I mean, is this something you're concerned about? I mean, it's already in a very remote location. Certainly, it it is remote, but it's a place that we patrol a lot. Um, we've got a, a few game wardens in Elko County who spend a lot of time in the garbage. Um, it's a great place, it's a special place in in my heart. I've spent a lot of time up there over the years, but but yeah. So um, you know, I always I always uh, touch on the fact that we're spread thin. You know, when if and when we were ever fully staffed, we've got about thirty one field wardens in Nevada. Um, so for a state this size, it's not very many people out on patrol. Because of that. We rely heavily on the public to call in when they see a problem. It comes back to that Operation Game Thief number, you know, 1-800-992-3030. That's on all of our publications, all of our licenses, on your tags, everywhere we put that number. So, And you're looking for you're looking for help on this case. Exactly. We would love to have somebody call in there. And then Ashley touched on, you know, we have so many other avenues to reach out now. We get Facebook messages, you know, the IM type function, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, you know, there yeah. there are a dozen different ways people can reach out to us if they if they can help us out with one of these. So, Tyler, I know what people are thinking right now. The big question is if they're still concerned about this, people who are upset about this, they can donate to Operation Game Thief. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we have sportsmen who step up and want to help out with poaching problems, and, and we certainly appreciate that. Like I said, we get a lot of buy-in from our public, and uh, I love that. And uh, your Operation Game Thief program has been very active in the last few years, uh, you know, sending people out for unit watches where if you want to volunteer for the OGT program, you can give hunters information. So there's a lot of ways you're sending people out there to meet hunters and people who are outdoor enthusiasts where they live. Exactly. People can get involved. We have the Operation Game Thief Citizens Board, who's a big help to us. Uh, our, OG, our OGT program is closely tied to our Reserve Game program, Reserve Game Warden program. That's another way people can get involved. In that case, we're looking for generally retired law enforcement officers who want to help us out. Any uh, any next steps in this investigation? We, we've you've got people out looking into this. Sure, you know we do uh, we do the CSI work that you see on TV when it comes to bullet forensics and and uh, tire imprints and and boot tracks and that sort of stuff. We do all that on our own, and uh, we've got some physical evidence like that. But we're uh, we're looking for the next piece of information to tie it all together for us. Well, all right. Well, uh, if you're interested, call Operation Game Thief, 1-800-992-3030 if you have information or if you want to offer you know, to help with a reward or whatever it may be. Uh, we'll leave that with that as for the investigation. The very last section of the show, uh, we ask everybody every week 
Uh, if you have a next big outdoor adventure planned, I mean, uh, if you want to go see moose, I guess you could drive and see them. Uh, do you have anything specific planned for yourself? Hunting, Tyler, fishing? We'll start with you. Yeah, this time of year, my mind isn't so much with the wildlife, but uh, still wanting to get outdoors. I've got two snowmobiles sitting in the trailer waiting for it to snow. I'm doing my snow dance. It's a it's a bit of a dry year, isn't it? So if you're into the snow sports. I got spoiled last year. I snowmobiled clear into June, and uh, I'm paying for it this year. That's too bad. How about you, Cody? Uh, any big outdoor adventure planned? Man, I wish I could say that. I uh, I would say at this point in time, it's mostly work and maybe getting some skiing in if we ever get any snow. Everybody's waiting for snow. Ashley. I, on the other hand, I'm enjoying the nice weather, and I'm going to go fishing this Friday. All right. You're going to go yeah, fishing? East oh. Walker River. East well, Walker River. Yes. And uh, you two guys, the chief game warden and a biologist, like, oh, we're just going to sit around and wait for the weather to turn. Shame on you guys. You should be going out there right now and spotting these moose yourself. Ashley's out doing us right now, i got to say. She sure is. Uh, You know, I like the sun. What can I say? I do have one question I guess I didn't ask, and we have 30 seconds left. Cody, if people want to see a moose or if you want to... Is there anywhere you could go? What would you recommend? You have, they're dangerous, right? Moose chase people. I've seen videos. Is that a thing? Or am oh, I making that up? Absolutely. Um, uh, cow moose with calves can be very dangerous. Uh, if you see one in the field, try and stay away, especially if you separate her from her calf. They can be very aggressive towards humans. Uh, certainly uh, something you want to be wary of. If you really want to get out and see a moose, I would recommend contacting our Elko office. Uh, they will be able to... Uh, kind of point you in the right direction on where you might get a chance to to catch a moose. And uh, for the foreseeable future, they're gonna the population's gonna remain sort of northeast, north Nevada. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's hard to say, but I, I doubt that they're gonna expand too much further out of uh, Elko County. All right, and you've heard it here first. Uh, so thank you very much for all that information, Cody. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, check out the Nevada Department of Wildlife website at endow.org to learn all about hunting, fishing, boating, and outdoor recreation of every kind. You're listening to Nevada Wild, broadcasting across the state, or find us online at endow.org. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.